0: That was awesome, dude. All right. There you go. Dang, dude. You did a thousand times better than me. You sound like a hey, like, freaking genius. You know, oh, man. I forgot to hit the
1: record button.
0: <laughs> oh, you didn't get to record it yourself?
1: No, I messed it with you. I said, I don't, I don't want to hear that from your side. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> oh man. I fr- we got to do this again. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Well, shoot, man, I got a jet, dude. Welcome to The Rich Neely Show. In today's episode, I am going to be performing my first interview. I'm really excited about this. I, I'm i not able to have this uh, gentleman come and join me in the studio today. Uh, he lives a few states over. Uh, his name is Rodney. Rodney is a railroad worker. Uh, We've known each other since the seventh grade. We've been best friends. He was my best man at my wedding. Uh, That's how close we are. We've kept in contact all these years. I'm a bit concerned about what we are possibly uh, threatened with at this time, and that is the railroad workers going on strike. This is not something that has received a lot of uh, national media attention uh, that it should receive. It is a concern that I had brought up about a month ago on my program here on, on another episode that I had had. I'd mentioned that Uh, September the 15th was coming up is what we have is the union workers for the railroad system, which consists of over 90,000 employees. They had a a forced imposed government at the federal level imposed uh, extension to their bargaining agreement that they'd had before. I hope I'm using the right language. We're going to hear from Rodney here in just a second. But basically what happened was that there was an ex- added extension for these last two years. Uh, these workers have not received any kind of a raise since then. Uh, the, the agreement was supposed to expire uh, 30 days ago, but there was a cooling off uh, extension for 30 days to give more time as of right now, from what I understand, there still has not been an agreement reached. Uh, and where does this come from? From the White House, from President Joe Biden. Under the some federal act, and, and Rodney's gonna share that in the interview. I'm not firsthand uh, knowledgeable or experienced on the situation, but Rodney's gonna share that in this interview. But I'm bringing him on this program because I want my viewers, I want Americans to be able to see and understand and, and hear from this individual who is a worker hear from what he has been through in previous years as a railroad worker and i just i don't think that this is a typical uh possible potential union strike that we are used to hearing uh through other unions where you've got the union representing all these employees these workers uh for the benefit of higher pay and 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 better pension uh this is their livelihood Uh, a lot of these railroad workers have been working ridiculous hours been on call 24 seven, 365 days a year. And the, the load that is put on them is in my opinion, very extremely dangerous and hazardous as they have had a shortage of workers because a lot of people have just walked away. They said, you know, what? I'm not putting up with this. I'm not doing this. I'm going elsewhere. And so the extra workload has been put on these employees in these, in these really bad working situations, which is just not healthy. And and I believe most Americans cannot relate and truly understand what these railroad workers have been through. So I brought Rodney in on this interview so that he can share a little bit about what's been going on and what it's been like. And that this is more than just about uh, higher pay and, and, or higher pension. Uh, so here's, here's my interview with Rodney. Welcome Rodney. Thank you for joining us with this, uh, episode uh what exactly do you do for the railroad hi richard thanks for
1: having me on here today i appreciate the time um i am currently a locomotive engineer a train crew for one of the major class one railroads here in the u.s
0: and how long have you been doing that
1: uh this position i've held for 17 years i've got 25 years in the railroad industry the last 20 in a transportation working as a train crew
0: Not like every other american you've seen the cost of living go up Uh, You've seen cost of goods and services go up, inflation, have you? Most Americans have received pay raises in recent years. What kind of pay raises have you and your fellow uh, brothers and sisters within the union, what what kind of pay raises have you guys received in recent years, if any?
1: We we have not received a pay raise since 2019. Typically, our raises are based on a contract structured four or five years, and then the the railroads, uh, which we call carriers, will um, negotiate an agreement with the individual unions or a coalition of agreement, our coalition of unions, excuse me, um, for a common agreement. Our last raise was 2019 uh, pre-pandemic. The uh, unions and the railroads have been negotiating for a few years, and we've reached an impasse at this point on what um, what the next contract should be finalized.
0: What's gotten in the way of uh, of you guys reaching a, a new contract, a new agreement?
1: Well, primarily it's quality of life issues. Um, to understand the the labor uh, negotiation process, the four major railroads in the U.S. form a coalition where they negotiate together with the 12 major railroad unions. Um, the 12 unions represent individual crafts, like jobs that either work on the rail or work on the cars. Uh, The union I belong to, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, represent the locomotives as part of the train, excuse me, the locomotive engineers as part of the train crews. Um, The process has taken years and it reached an impasse back in June. The uh, carriers and the unions were unable to finalize an agreement. So there's something in place called the Rail Labor Act. And that's a, a policy from the U.S. government. The rental Labor Act allows the U.S. presidents to intervene and appoint a appoint a board of directors. They call the PEB Presidential Emergency Board. And then these individuals will sit down and they will review all of the complaints and concerns from both sides and come up with a a drafted recommendation. So back in June, we had reached the impasse. Uh, we couldn't agree with the carriers on anything the PB was Placed and there was a 30-day clean-off period because we had voted the strike back in June so they looked at the uh, recommendations from both sides and the concerns and They deemed that what the carriers were offering was too little and what the unions were requesting were too much so they compromised and so all the pay and benefit issues were pretty much compromised and agreed upon by most unions the two unions that still have concerns are the two unions that represent the train crews so our big concern is the uh, time off uh, like sick pay what we call it an attendance or availability policy uh, the PEB didn't make any ruling on that they recommended that it be skipped um, the unions want this addressed Uh So people understand what our concerns relate around is time off. Most people on a nine-to-five job will get two days off a week. Um, So that's 104 days off a year. And then they will also get holidays, about 10 holidays a year. And then plus vacation pay or paid time off, so several more weeks. So the average worker in the U.S. at a full-time good job gets – a guarantee of maybe 128 days off a year to do what they need to do to take the time off to be with family, to address personal issues and health issues. Uh, the majority of train crews working for the class one railroads are on call 24 seven, 365. We don't wow. have a sign days off. Wow. Yes, we do get vacation pay and some personal days. So based on years of service <clears throat> is what you're awarded. So the average rail worker right now, working on call, gets 30 days off a year. And those 30 days, you're expected to plan the majority of those a year in advance. And while the remainder you're allowed to request up to 90 days, uh, they're usually denied. So what we don't have is a a formal sick policy. We have a policy that if we don't report for work, the points system that they go off is punitive. We are... Deducted so if you have a, an illness three or four or five days almost immediately you're going to be disciplined for not having uh, Reported to work because of the way the point system works um, So unexpected things funerals Stuff like that uh, people have to call in they have to call in sick They're not able to use their personal time because it's not preplanned uh, We have employees that I know that have been disciplined for attending their father's funeral Wow. So that's really the sticking point right now is we need this addressed. Uh, the, the unfortunate result of the railroad industry's uh, manipulation of these policies is that 20% of our workforce quit this year. The railroads have been working with bare bones uh, right. type uh, uh, crew staffing, and guys are working every day, 12 hours a day, you know, 230, 240 hours a month. On call, home for only 10 hours at a
0: time. Rodney, how did that happen? I mean, it didn't used to always be that way, that this all just came down the how, how, last couple of years. How long has this been going on?
1: Well, it's, it's gotten worse the last couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, what has happened is that, uh, I'll say Wall Street investors
0: have gotten involved with uh, the railroads. Mm-hmm.
1: The railroads are a very
0: profitable business. Warren Buffett uh, railroad, for one. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, owns uh yeah. owns their own railroad and the profit margins are exceptionally high. Uh record profits. Yeah. Uh, all through the pandemic, record profits.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: while their employees were told they were essential and they were a major part of the backbone of the, the you know, the US supply chain, they weren't given any reward for it. Um they were just told, well, well, we'll figure out a contract. And what the carriers did, the companies did, is they, they shortened the workforce and increased their profits and shortened the workforce and increased their profits. And that's when things have really gotten bad. So we're working at a job that we probably have, you know, 50 to 60% of the employees needed to actually run the place.
0: Wow.
1: So, you know, it, it, the amazing thing about it is years ago, when a, a railroad position was open, you would find that 1,000 people would interview or apply for a 10-position opening.
0: Yeah, now, I, I remember that. I remember that.
1: Now they can't hire anybody. They're offering $25,000 bonuses in some locations, but people realize that the quality of life has become so poor for right. this for this industry
0: that they don't want to put themselves to that. That's uh, terrible. I've, I've worked with military veterans who have served in wars that have walked
1: away from this job. Because they've deemed that this employer doesn't care about their health, they would they would put this experience below their military experience. Now that that says a lot about what the uh, the companies are doing to their employees, and that's the, the the absolute major issue right now with the unions. And that's why there was a vote to strike because we need those items resolved for our own health, for our own safety.
0: Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, and most Americans don't understand or appreciate what union workers do. There's a lot of behind the scene, especially with other trades, with other unions. But the railroad system is something that we have to have. I mean, this is something that Americans absolutely count on without the railroad system uh, bringing all of our goods and services. I mean, we, we see semi trucks on all the roads every day, no matter where we go. Uh, we see them driving on the roads. We see them backing up on a, a you know t- to the back of buildings, delivering goods and services. The railroad system is, is kind of like an overlooked, important artery to our way of life. And I I just I don't want this to be one of those things where it's just like you guys look like the villains here, where it's like, oh, those, you know, the union. They're just greedy. They're wanting more benefits, more money. I mean, you guys really have been treated like crap over these last few years, and your situation has been basically forced down your throats. It's been mandated, as you mentioned, you know, through the federal government. And you guys are finally reaching a point where you guys are in a position where you're able to unite and walk away. And what I worry about is, like I said – I don't want you guys looking like the villains here because I I think Americans need to understand just how hard and how difficult it has been for you and for your family. I want to make it known to to my listeners that uh, you and I, we've known each other since the seventh grade. We're best friends. Uh, You were my best friend, uh, my best man. You were my best man. Uh, You gave a great speech at my wedding. and I I've listened to you over the years share with me what it was like working on the railroad. You've always been on call, but you've you've never had to work the extent of the extensive amount of hours that you have been putting through. And you know it's like before this job was was dangerous, hazardous. That's why you guys get your extra pay and your extra benefits. But it's gotten even worse to the point where you know, I, you don't come home to me. I don't see you every day, but as a friend, I'm concerned about, uh, your situation, your health, uh, your mental stability as a father, as a husband. And I, you've done a fabulous job personally for your own home, but I I worry about others as well. Uh, this just is not a good situation to be in. So I want you to know, I want all of your, uh, brotherhood uh, sisters uh, that are within your union. I want them to know that I'm, I support you guys. Now, tell us what what happens now. As far as I understand, the agreement that you guys are currently enforced under right now, it ends Thursday uh, at midnight, correct? And you guys would walk Friday if an agreement's not met. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, that's correct. So pretty much based on what happened with the Presidential Emergency Board ruling, there was an additional 30-day cooling-off period. Um, that ends at, uh, midnight Friday, Friday morning, uh, East coast time. So Thursday evening on the West coast is when it expires. So then at that point, there's several things that can happen. Um, they're all determined to be quoted as quote self-help. Uh, so the unions can strike, which there has already been a vote in place. I didn't mention that. Um, so that was just paused. Uh, the, the railroads can lock out the employees. Um, and the other thing that can happen and has happened in the past was the uh, the U.S. government and Congress can get involved and force us to take whatever they see fit, and that's the the probably the most unfortunate outcome because you never want to have someone else make the decision for you. You always want to come to a um, an agreement. And like the statement you said, yeah, we do sound like the villains, and I'll be very clear. Working for the railroad has been a rewarding career, Mm -hmm. but it is no longer that type of scenario anymore. Uh, Because of, quote, Wall Street greed and the the corporations um, worrying about profits, they have pretty much maintained that the employees are not important. And the unfortunate result of that in in this scenario with this industry is the railroads, uh, they're the keystone to our supply chain. Mm
0: -hmm. There's
1: so many important things that happen. And so it's easy to blame the workers. And all we're asking for is just the quality of life issues to be addressed. Uh, We no longer have that. We don't have the leverage and the power to address that. Um, And it's so bad people are walking away from jobs where they can make $100,000 a year, where they pay into a good retirement system because it's so bad. And and that's really all the unions are trying to um, resolve. And the companies have the ability to do that. They just... Deem that it's uh they've pretty much said that we don't contribute any risk or reward to their profit we're just a tool to them yeah so unfortunately when the economy's bad we don't have work we've had employees laid off or furloughed we call it for a year or two at a time and then the railroad will try to call them back and they'll work them for a few weeks or a few months and they call them back and then they release them again so there are a lot of people that have lost loyalty to this corporation because the corporation doesn't reward its employees um, with the the basic things we need. And it's the ability to have a good quality of life based on time off and health issues.
0: Well, and, and I, I think, you know, as Americans, you know, it it doesn't take a a genius to, to, you know, understand what would happen if 90,000 railroad workers walk and, and strike, Mm -hmm. obviously we're going to, goods and services aren't going to be delivered that's obvious that's a given uh but i think you know most americans you know we have a way of of helping and supporting and getting behind certain individuals and groups i mean we, we've seen we, we saw this earlier this year uh up, up in canada uh the canadians you know they they had the uh, mandated uh you had to keep, be vac- vaccinated in order to cross u.s and canadian borders Well, a lot of the truckers, uh, they uh, protested, and even a lot of Americans down here showed a lot of support to them. Uh, So we even had to make some sacrifices there. I know there were, I think it was GM or Ford, one of the big auto industry basically suffered from that because they weren't getting parts that they were needing to, sorry about about that. I got an interruption there on my, my, uh, my feed here. But uh, you know, a lot of Americans got behind and supported, even though they know that they they knew that they were making some sacrifices. And I think that's what we're looking at here. Possibly, if if an agreement isn't reached by midnight, I guess that would be Friday, first thing Friday morning. We have to look out for each other. We got we're all Americans. Uh, we all got to help each other, and we we got to find some way because this this way of life uh, it just is not healthy, and, and most Americans. They just work 40 hours a week Yeah, they work nine to five jobs or somewhat close to that. And so it's hard for most Americans to be able to uh, relate to your schedule, to your dangers, to your hazards that you work with your schedule. But I think Americans need to understand and we need to know just how hard it has been and the workload that has been put on you guys and we need to find a way to to have a caring heart to say, "Hey, you know what? We need to help these people out um and that's that's what I hope uh, everyone gets out of this from from listening to you. Now, if this happens, if you guys walk and if this goes on a strike, uh I imagine you know things will get very, very difficult, uh, but it could be uh uh obviously an opportunity for you guys to eventually get what you guys need, having be able to take more time off especially when you're working so much overtime and, and to bring the desire back to to people wanting to work there, because I mean, this, this is something that's very important. We, we need our railroad system.
1: Yeah, you're right. And and unfortunately, because of the, uh, the bare bones mentality that we've been operating under the, uh, the importance of this, this, uh, rail infrastructure and transportation of the country is, is is detrimental. Um, we've had, uh, railroad customers, Petitioning Congress and the feds for a year or two now because their service was so poor Um, there was a scenario here in California where a uh, a Poultry farmer a rancher um, was about to slaughter millions of chickens because the railroads couldn't get their needed feed their grain to the uh, To the ranch to feed the chickens and those are things that affect everyone because that's that's a food supply Uh, The chemicals carried by the railroad, that's water treatment supply. There's so many things that affect everything that every American does every day. And all of these things are accomplished by the hard work of uh, American people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all we're asking for is that we be treated and work in a little better of a scenario where our health isn't compromised because the railroad needs to make that money. You know, it needs to be about doing what's right. And that's all we're asking for. So <laughs> if, if anybody wants to support us, you know, you can always call your congressman and relate your concerns, you know, uh, to, to any issues and, and to let them know that the importance of this. Because it's not just about that company making money. It's an industry that affects everybody and, and everything that we do day to day.
0: 90,000 Americans and their families.
1: Well, that's, that's just the railroad. road. I mean, you, once you've taken the uh, that off the table, truckers, they bring things to ports, they bring things to rail yards. Uh, you know, like I said, ranchers, uh, it, it, people who rely on shipments, the, the automakers, they need their parts, they need to get mm-hmm. their cars to the where they're going. It's uh, every facet of the American life is affected by transportation. Whether you see it or not, it, there's, there's so much behind the scenes that we don't see. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's vital. And unfortunately... Uh, Profits have, you know, become the issue with these companies, and they'd rather have the profits instead of the guarantee of uh, customer satisfaction and reliability.
0: Well said, Rodney. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for your time, for hopping on here with me and doing this interview and uh, getting your word out, your perspective, and sharing all the little specifics uh, that, that most just are not hearing on the mainstream media, on the news uh, I hope things fare out and you, you gave us some, some good directions. So that was going to be my, my closing question was what we can do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, why wait, right? I think we should be getting on the phones with our local Congress people now. Uh, and if you guys do end up walking, I'm sure the uh, Congress people's uh, phone numbers are going to be lighting up like never before. Cause this, this is, this is a necessity. This is not one of those wants. This is not a luxury This is our way of life. So thank you again. And uh, I'll give you any last word or any last comment or statement you want to make. If you see
1: a railroader, think a railroader. We're out there, even to this day, working, uh, hazardous conditions all through the pandemic. Our goal was to do our job. And that's all we're asking is to uh, be able to do our job safely and uh, not have to give up our our lives on our health or the risk of termination because we we decided we need time off. That's all we're asking for. And thank you, Richard, for your
0: time. Perfect. Thank you, sir. You have a good rest of your day, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Well, thank you. You know, in the closing of this episode, I, I wanted to elaborate a little more on, on a point that I was kind of making in that interview. And that was, you know, you know, as Americans, we, we are used to seeing semi-trucks everywhere we go. Every road, uh, there are semi-trucks hauling, delivering packages, uh, delivering uh, goods, uh, f- food to groceries, to uh, lumber stores we're used to seeing that but we're not we, not all Americans see railroad trains all the time it's kind of like a hidden artery to our supply chain and it, it's just not something that we see up front and underneath our nose as often as these other things. This, this is a very big concern. I don't know what's going to happen today. I I, I hope that the, they can reach an agreement uh, that is fair for these workers. I'd like to see these employees get what they need so that they can have more of a life, as Rodney had mentioned in that interview, so that they can have more time off, so that they can have a little bit more of a life outside of the workplace, it, it, it seems almost like uh, they're in a slave driver situation where they're just where they have slave drivers just driving them like slaves. I, you know, it, to me, it, it's insane. It's unsafe. And, and I hope that uh, if, if they do go on strike, I hope Americans can kind of rally behind them and show them their support. Uh, for standing up and fighting for their rights uh, to be able to have time with their families, to, to be able to recover from illnesses and sicknesses, to live a normal life that most of us Americans do get to enjoy. And that is the, the right to enjoy their personal lives, take time off work if they need to without persecution. You know, if, if us Americans can show support. Us Republicans, us conservative minded people, if we can rally behind and show support to the truck convoy that we had seen and witnessed up in Canada uh, earlier this year and thereafter here with the truck convoy that we saw here that went to Washington, D.C., you know, th- these are peaceful protests. These are protesters. And, and that's exactly what these railroad union workers are going to be doing if they walk and they go on strike Monday morning. That's what it is. It's a joint effort. It's a protest for, for basically for human rights to be able to live their lives without feeling like slaves to the system to our supply chain i rich neely i will be showing them my support even if it requires us to make sacrifices on our end to do without you know on this channel i've been warning for for almost a year now about the need to stockpile on, on food, some supplies, because there are hard times ahead. I'm not the only one. I know there are probably close to a thousand of other YouTubers here on YouTube and on Spotify and podcasters that, that are doing the same thing that I've been. We, we've been getting the word out, we've been prepping, we've been doing things to prepare for hard times. Nobody wants these hard times. Nobody wants hard times. Nobody wants to, to not be able to go to a grocery store and not be able to get groceries. Nobody wants to not receive a package that they had that was expected to be delivered from, from someone to, to them, whether it be a family member or from a, a Amazon, you know, nobody wants to see our system get shut down. But we're talking about the livelihood of 90,000 Americans. People, not just the ninety thousand individuals who work, but their families. You know, this is a big deal. This isn't something that should be ignored. What do you guys think? I I would love to hear your comments down below. Please show your support. Please show uh, whatever opinions you have, whatever you'd like to share. Please leave a comment down below if you haven't shared this video yet. Share it with a a loved one, with some family members, friends. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please be sure to subscribe to this channel. Hopefully we can have a, a follow-up interview with Rodney, uh, either if this persists to go this direction where there's a strike and or if they come back to work. Uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, this is something I definitely want to keep a close eye on, and I think this is something that uh, is deserving uh, of attention. So thank you for watching uh, and for supporting this channel. I'll see you guys in my next episode.